hi, welcome to the Haunt Podcast. Um, my name's Penny. And my name's Maddie. Um, we're, we thought we'd start a podcast because, like, it doesn't feel like... It feels like there's a huge gap in the market for this sort of thing. So we thought we'd start, like, a bi-weekly, fortnightly... We'll work out. Twice... Yeah, we'll work that out. We'll work that out. That's fine. Um, podcasts just sort of, um, mostly focusing on sex, sexuality, transness, queerness whatever we feel like, really, and just sort of having really, really frank uh, conversations and trying to make those really accessible um, to anybody, the community, whoever wants to listen, um, whoever loves the sound of my voice as much as I do. Were there any other topics that you can sort of think of that we're kind of aiming to aiming to include? Off the top of my head, I think really just what we're aiming for is to just uh, try and talk about uh, trans issues and sexuality issues and uh, queerness issues just in a way which is very casual but approachable. We're not, um, you know, sex experts. We don't have degrees or anything like that. We're just regular people. Just having chats. Yeah. Just a, yeah. Just a couple of girls having chats. Just shooting the shit. <laughs> <laughs> um so yes today's today's episode um well actually would we like to say a bit about ourselves before we get into things so that people can understand where we're coming from understand who we are i'm pretty sure everyone who's listening to this one is probably just our twitter followers and maybe some people on my facebook i don't know yeah well should i go first yeah if you like yeah so um my name's Maddie, um, Madeline for long, Maddie for short. Um, I'm 36. I'm a transgender woman. Um, and gosh, where do you even go from there? Why, this might be personal and I can cut it, but how many years have you been transitioning for? So I've been transitioning for about three years. Um Mm-hmm. Three years on HRT, um, relatively low dose, I believe, um, and uh, sort of socially for a vague period of time. Before transitioning, <laughs> I was a very effeminate man. Um, I, you know, wore makeup a lot. I presented quite androgynously. Uh, so it's a little bit hard to sort of say where things sort of move from one to the other. Um, but I... You were always presenting, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I like to sort of just think three years is a good, you know, point, because I always remember it is because it's 4.20, the marijuana day, which is very... <laughs> <laughs> is that seriously your start date? Seriously, my start date. Pure coincidence. That is fantastic. I love that. But it, it makes it incredibly easy to remember because every time I come around to it, so I'd say to my friends, it's like, oh, hey, it turns out it's my anniversary. And they're like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Every Everyone's just like already baked. And you're like, whoa, it's like an important date for me. And they're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's just, <laughs> and then they don't remember a week later. It's just... <laughs> 
Fair enough, fair enough. That's yeah, that's that's a decent. Sorry, I talked over you. No, absolutely, that's fine. Um, but yeah, that's that's sort of uh, why it's kind of a fun fun way just to mark it that way. It makes it nice and easy to remember, and it's also very funny when I tell people for the first time. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but um, yeah, so I've just been uh, sort of living, you know, as, as myself for those past few years pretty much the entire time since I started um, on Hormones. So that's where I'm at now. Cool. Well, nice to meet you, Maddie. Um, I'm Penny. Um, so I am also a trans woman. Um, I'm originally from Australia, lived in London for like five years where I came out. Um, now I'm living in Berlin, which I'm very happy about and excited about. Um, I... I started HRT in 2019, I think. I'm they're always very vague on my dates. Yeah, it would have been February 2019. Mm. Um, and I actually, I actually started like the night before I was flying back to Australia um, to visit family. Um, so I. I, it, it's the strangest memory, but I really enjoy it. Um, so I remember like starting, um, and then I had my flight the next morning. Um, and I was of course drinking on the flight because what else are you going to do on 24 hours worth of flights? Um, and I remember like noticing that I was playing with my hair more often. And that was like the first feeling of like, oh, oh, this is, I'm, I'm feeling this. This is starting. Oh. Um, which was quite nice. That's quite a sweet story. Um, sorry? That's quite a sweet story. It is, it is. I, I really like it. Um, yeah. And then, and then sort of the first couple of days after, um, I remember I was in Australia, so probably very sleep deprived as well. Um, but, um, but yeah, I was, I was, uh, walking around the city, just, you know, commuting from a friend's place back to, back to my parents. Um, and just, Everything was so much more colourful and exciting and vivid and interesting to look at. Um, I do have some photos I took that day, and they look far less interesting than than I remember them. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was it was a really nice experience. Um, and yeah, so that's that's I feels covered off the basics about us. Um, we will be sharing a lot more throughout the show, so I'm sure you will get to know us quite well. But to introduce today's episode, uh, today we're calling always well, episode one of a mini-part series, which we've kind of actually already started just in our intros, um, but the mini-part series is going to be um, about trans sex ed. Um, so it's going to focus mainly on the topics that we feel that people often ask about. Um, this one's actually, I will clarify that this one's entirely going to be focused on trans women and people starting estrogen, um, whereas other episodes, we will do episodes on trans men and get somebody on to to talk about that more with us, um, just because I, I do know quite a bit, but it's not really my wheelhouse or experience. But yeah, so this episode's going to be about starting out estrogen, what that feels like, what that does, and just general sort of questions and sort of, 
I guess, fears that people might experience in just talking through those. Just the sort of topics that people ask so many times online because they, they're they interested, they want to know. Um, and these conversations are had many, many times online and many, many people... It's, it's great that obviously they, that they are having those conversations. Um, but that's obviously also like an emotional drain as well. And like it would be much easier to just have one place where it's sort of all covered. But I will highlight again that we're not experts, we just have experience. And everyone's transition's different. Yours is probably going to be very different to mine, Mads, as well. Um, so just sort of sharing that general experience. And um, I don't know how to finish that sentence. Um, and just, yeah, get, getting the information out there. Um, not only for trans people, but also anybody who's interested. Does that sound good? Just to follow up on that, I didn't mention that I am British and I'm very sorry to everybody listening for, <laughs> for that crime. <laughs> All right. Um, so, um, getting into things. Um, oh, actually, we've already covered the first point on my note sheet. That's fantastic. Yeah, so so starting out estrogen um, is starting second puberty, really. Um, just similar to any cisgender woman would have. Um, and I will leave any terms that I feel that people may not understand or may need clarifying. I'll include in the show notes explaining what they are. So check those if you're confused. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, it's the, the same sort of sort of puberty and experience that a, that a cis woman would go through in her teen years, um, which it can be an emotional roller coaster and very much definitely is an emotional roller coaster. Um, I'm pretty sure I was insufferable at work for like my first 12 months um, at least, um, but they got used to it and that was fine. I will add that there is one difference from um, uh, teenage puberty. Which is that, um, unless you are, are in a position where you are transitioning very young, um, generally speaking, you tend to be a little bit older and maybe have had experience of going through uh, your uh, original puberty previously. And uh, sometimes that puts things into context, which is both a little bit of a blessing and a little bit of a curse, um, in my experience at the very least. I really don't even remember, but like, my first puberty, like, I... Ooh, actually, story time. Um, so, I... Both of my puberties have been uh, started with HRT. I never actually had a natural puberty. I, as a teenager, um, was very late um, to... to what, What's the word? That, what's the phrase that everybody uses? Like, just spurred up? Like... Late to the party? Uh, yeah, I was very late to the party. And so my my orthodontist of all people um, convinced my mother to send me to a specialist um, to have them to have them give me um, testosterone injections, um, which triggered the beginning of my first puberty. Um, I don't remember much about that time in my life, but I do remember crying a lot. That definitely happened. Um, and I do remember, I have a very clear memory. I was playing 
was playing football, um, British football, not Australian football. Um, and I was on, I was being given testosterone injections at the time. And I remember, remember it feeling significantly different to how much I, how aggressive I was at the ball, uh, and such. And yes, I used to play football. I, I was really big into sports as a child for some reason and then just dropped it as soon as I hit any sort of adulthood. I'm sorry that this isn't exactly on topic, but what, what do you mean by Australian football? Is there a difference? Yeah, so there's in Australia, football is either Australian rules football um, or rugby. How confusing. Yeah, it's great. Um, and then football, European football, British football um, is soccer there. Um, we call it soccer like the Americans do. Yeah, um, I imagine a lot of listeners, wherever you are, will probably know when we say soccer what we mean more so than we will if we say football yeah yeah i feel like i feel like in that summary up we've we've covered all of the internationals uh fußball, fußball for for the germans listening if there are any um that's really all i know um yeah so i yeah i remember i remember the feel it feeling significantly different and than it used to feel um and being significantly more aggressive on the ball um as you would expect testosterone to do um, but yeah, though, the, the sort of long and short of that story is that, like, I don't have a natural puberty. Like, it's all just been sort of doctors being like, all right, Penny, here you go, here you go. Oh, try this, here you go, Penny. Oh, have a nice day. Except, obviously, they knew what they were doing and didn't sound like a slapstick comedy, apparently. Well, you say this, um, but as I'm sure um, some listeners may be aware, trans healthcare in the UK is not, uh, let's say, as good as it should be. Uh, mm. And I have had experiences with doctors um, in, in, within my transition who are sort of along those lines. Fair uh, enough. So that's uh, that's another special thing about my marvelous country. Well, yes, I did. I did. I did come out while I was in London, and I did start HRT there. So I'm very familiar with uh, with how awful the system is there. I'm also still on the waiting list for the GIC there, even though I don't live in the country anymore. I should probably work on removing that, but that's that can, that's a later worry. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, do, should we get into perhaps the sort of general basics of what estrogen does to the body and what changes sort of happen? Well, um, should I just go into my experience of this? Yeah, if you like. Yeah, so um, I began um, my HRT in uh, April of, oh gosh, what was three years ago, 2018. And mm. um, that doesn't seem correct, but I'm sure it is. <laughs> April of 2018, and um, my uh, sort of initial experience was uh, not quite so dramatic as I've noticed it has been for other people. I was brought on quite a low dose initially, and it took quite a long time to have my dose increased. Um, So my initial experiences were quite gradual, uh, but they were also quite significant. I did notice very, very early on that there were a lot of big differences to my uh, the quality of my skin and my hair. Um, 
I've always been quite fortunate with having relatively soft skin, but I mean, uh, sometimes HRT can be, you know, dark magic, and it can really make a big mm-hmm. difference, which is which is quite surprising. Uh, and uh, my fat redistribution was very slow, but uh, I did notice uh, breast growth very early on. That was, um, I don't want to say immediate, but it was very soon after I began. Um, and uh, that was really just characterized by chest pain. It's, um, <laughs> um, it, it was just this sort of mild discomfort and uh, sensitivity, which I was um, expecting, but perhaps not prepared for. <laughs> I, I, I'll still remember the first time that I dropped my phone on my chest. Um, that, 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 that is, that, that was, that was very painful. Um, still maintain that dropping your phone on your chest is more painful than dropping it on your face. Like, definitely, definitely hurts much more. And yes, I do it all the time. Oh no. No, no. Oh, that... Your life must be excruciating. <laughs> I don't know half of it. Um. Yeah. Sure. Sure. It, did you Did you want to continue or did you oh, want yeah, to? Yeah. Absolutely. Um. So, really, for quite a long time, I can't remember exactly how long. Those were my main experiences, mm-hmm. and during that time, I started making changes to my life. Generally, came out at work, started. Um, wearing more feminine as opposed to androgynous clothing uh, mm-hmm. routinely. Um, so the rest really seemed to come through uh, almost under the radar. Uh, mm-hmm. As time went by, um, I have noticed quite a lot of fat redistribution. It's been actually quite um, quite marked on me. It's been, been quite a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But I couldn't possibly tell you when it began or what order things happened in or anything because it's almost just one of those things where I looked in the mirror one day and went, holy shit, that's different. <laughs> By governor. And this is how I speak when I'm alone. And, um, I just um, found that, that that is something which just occurred very slowly and gradually. Uh, I will clarify that uh, this is over a period of a couple of years. This was not a first few months realization. This was mm. years in realization. Yeah, I, I, you really do notice. Like at points, you just like, oh, suddenly that looks really good. I don't remember when that happened, but it looks great today. Um, and then. From oh, I guess not from then on, but like it start just it starts just more regularly looking good, whether it be different parts of your face or just different parts of your body, depending on where. Um, yeah. I I re- the first sort of sign for me I'll, that I remember of like fat redis- fat redistributing um, was um, I remember going out for some drinks with some work friends, um, and I took. One of them wanted a selfie, so I took a selfie of all four of us. Um, and 
It was the first time in my life, like, I was just, I should have paid attention while taking a selfie. I have very good selfie game. Um, <laughs> but I should have been paying attention, and I wasn't. And I noticed that I had, like, a second chin for the first time in my life, because I am a tiny person. And, yeah, I that, that was sort of, when I noticed that, I was like, oh, this is... This is starting. This is this is this is happening, and that that was that wasn't very long into it. That was like a month into it that I saw that for the first time. Uh, maybe two, actually, maybe more than a month because it was summer. Probably about three or four months, actually. Never mind me. Um, but time frames will always vary. Um, different people in different procedures and such. As absolutely, I, I do also think based on what you said my selfie game is not quite so good and i actually i i, I did take a a visual record of my developments as i went past um but i didn't um have a lot of selfies of me just interacting with the world or, or photos of me with other people for a mm. long time so you probably might find that I, i'm sure that if you got 100 people together and and checked based on how much they noticed and how many photos they appeared on, you'd probably find there's a bit of a correlation. Mm, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's fair. Um, but yeah, as as you've already mentioned, like you also get the skin softening, um, fat redistribution, which we've just been discussing. I my skin got so much better. It got so much clearer. Um, prior to my transition, I literally always had issues with acne. No matter what I did, no matter what skincare treatments I did, no matter how much washing of everything that I did, um, I just literally always had acne, and it was it was bad. But now, like my skin's not great still because I have a terrible skincare routine at the moment. But it is much better and much clearer, and I look much cuter because I'm very cute. And this is where you chime in and support that statement. <laughs> sorry, not here the last trail of that. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's sort of that's sort of the general basics. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing which I uh, one thing which I have um, mm-hmm. observed is I, uh, I this this may be a generalization but this has been my experience in my transition and the thing which I've kind of noticed about uh, some trans women that I've observed in mm-hmm. social media um, that often when you begin or often when one begins um, it's very easy to get caught up with the more obvious and dramatic changes that the subtle changes almost go under the mm. radar. Um, HRT does a, a huge amount of difference to people's bodies, and a lot of it's very subtle. Um, a lot of it is just little things like little bits of pockets of fat in the face and, you know, uh, uh, little changes mm-hmm. like that. And the immediate thing that people notice is skin softening, hair softening, and titties. <laughs> and those are obviously very significant uh, developments, um, but they are not the they are not the alpha and omega of transition. 
Um, so that's just been my experience. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would completely agree. I would say that lots of people generally do do focus on on the more dramatic changes, um, but they they take a lot of time. Like the whole process is like seven years. So it's like are, they are great things to focus on and they're great things to absolutely. celebrate, but they're not the yeah. No, the... absolutely, I completely agree. Um, and to be honest, like develop like there's a few different stages of breast development, um, which sort of a lot. I've noticed actually a lot of a lot of girls will have like a very quick burst at the very beginning. Um, I know I did as well, um, which my partner at the time noticed before I did. Yeah, there's there's that very early, very quick um, first burst of development, um, and then it sort of stops for a little bit, or maybe not completely stops, but it becomes very subtle um, for, for quite some time, um, and then suddenly picks up again further down the track. So, uh, so I, yeah, I have noticed that a lot of people will be like, hang on, like, is, is, is this it? Like, what's going on? And, like, they panic, um, which is really, just be patient. Like, this, this, this will take a while. Just, just chill um, and let the estrogen do her thing. It is, of course, very easy when you begin to uh, just want everything all at once. And I can, I absolutely understand that feeling. Um, if, it, if it was possible just to magically make everything happen overnight, I'm sure that none of us would be messing around with uh, complex, uh, you know, pill or injection treatments or anything like that. But uh, fortunately, it does take a little bit of time and it does take a little bit of patience, but it's it's definitely worth uh, worth being yes, patient for. Yes, I would completely agree. Um, yeah, actually, I really wish there was just an overnight, like, bam, Penny, you're a babe now. Off you go. Have a great day. We would all love that. Um, it would be... If, if you can invent that, you will be a billionaire by tomorrow. It's just... Uh, <laughs> Honey, I'm um, trans. I have no money. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Um, yeah. Um, one thing I was going to add, mm -hmm. by the way, in, in terms of breast development, is that one change which um, may be more significant for some people, and certainly mm -hmm. was for me, is... Uh, uh, the nips. Yes. Um, Actually, depending I... On your, depending on so your... I, before you dive into that, I don't even remember what boy nips look like. When I, when I see a guy topless now, I'm like, what what are, what are those? Like, do, what? Not to body shame or anything, they are fantastic, but like, it's really confusing to my brain now, the difference in size. Yeah, it's it's really marked and you wouldn't think that it's really possible to have that much difference mm. but um bodies are strange things i um can't explain it, it it's unknown to medical science how this happens <laughs> it's probably known to medical science but i don't know <laughs> um but i was gonna, I was gonna say yeah it does depend obviously on your genes um mm -hmm. I think there is sort of like a, 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 an expectation or stereotype that trans women tend to have uh, smaller breasts than cis women. I don't think that's necessarily always the case. I know more than one trans woman who has bucked the trend. Um, but in my family, it just doesn't run. Um, mm -hmm. I'm built 
very much like my mum. Mm-hmm. Um, I was pretty much like my mum before I transitioned. <laughs> so your mum's uh, a babe as well. It's just well, <laughs> I. I shouldn't have said that. That's but, but I meant a complimentary, obviously. I mean, like, let's move. Let's move on. Let's, yes, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> there is there is no right answer to that. But uh, there is there's never a right answer to that. <laughs> but um, you know, in in terms of overall volume, you know, I'm I'm pretty happy with what I've got, but it's not significant. Um but certainly there is a big change in the uh in in, in the nips. So uh, and that's been fun. Um actually I think one thing that's sort of important to point out that people often overlook or don't really consider um is that our all people, I assume all people, there might be exceptions, but we in our DNA we have the directions for both a, a masculine and feminine puberty, um, and that's why HRT works. That's why it's not like your DNA says that this is the only guide of puberty that you can have. Um, that's not a limitation. Um, it's something... Well, the, yeah, the reason that HRT works is because the human body is built to go through both processes. Even though, if not... I guess design's a terrible word. Um, even if it generally doesn't on its own... I guess it kind of can on its own in some cases. Even if it usually doesn't on its own, um, it's, uh, it, it is definitely built to uh, to be able to do that. And that's why... A sticker on my butt makes me pretty. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to sort of um, get get too into this. This might be something which we'll discuss at a mm-hmm. future time. Um, but often people say things like, you know, you, people have male or female DNA. It doesn't really work like that. Um, your your body responds to an awful lot of factors and your hormonal makeup is a huge part of that before and after you're born and obviously it can be influenced by by hrt and mm-hmm. other processes so um essentially your body has a lot of shapes in it and you can do pretty much what makes you happy with it so you you are not really sort of bound by how you look pre-HRT in any significant way. There are some pretty astonishing transformations that I've seen, and um, people just sort of have that built into them. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. I was I was thinking of something to say, but then thought better it not to because it was going to be about me being a jealous bitch. Uh, so that's fine. Let's move on. Let's get on to. Actually, I think this would be a really good section to cover. I think this I'm calling this section Things I Wish I Knew Before I Transitioned. Or I Wish I Knew Blank Before I Transitioned. Yeah. Um, in, which, in where I've just trolled through a load of trans Facebook groups um, where lots of baby trans people hang out and ask questions um, and panic. Um, always, always panicking. I panicked as well, don't worry. 
Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, just just found a few points that I thought would be thought would be worth covering. The first one I'll bring up is how much you'll miss pockets. So I, I have opinions about pockets. I have so many opinions about pockets because uh, this <laughs> Go on. drives me nuts. There, there is there is no substitute for a good deep pocket, and men do not know how lucky they have it. It's I used to go out and um, work every day. I used to work in retail. I don't anymore, and I would have my uh, phone, wallet, and keys. Mm-hmm. All in my trousers, and it was very easy. Now, I am very lucky if I can put my phone in my back pocket, and it does not mm. fit. It, it pokes out. Learn, learning to do um, that nightclub thing of like holding your drink and phone, and like not spill your drink on your phone, is like that. That's an art. I'm I'm pretty sure that my phone got doused the first few nights I went out. Um, but still works, so that's fine. Um, but that is definitely an art. Um, and I very much do miss pockets. I do try shopping. You know, I, I, I work in e-commerce. I should recommend this to somebody who works on a clothes site. But, like, if you could build a filter in your website that allows me to just browse dresses with pockets, you would be you would be my life savior. Dresses with pockets are worth <laughs> They are worth their weight in gold. Um, I, I I wish that I could make recommendations, but um, it, it does not seem to be uh. something which a lot of sites do, um, which is quite tragic. But and, and I I think that the reason why they're often not designed this is this sort of idea when they make clothing that women's fashion is very much built around the silhouette. It, 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 they do it because they think that if you have things bulging out of your pockets, it doesn't mm-hmm. form a nice silhouette on the on, on the runway. Um, and one thing which I, I have very much noticed about the fashion industry, uh, and I don't know if this is a universal experience, it's certainly an experience here in the UK, is that men's clothes are just better made oh, really? than women's clothes overall. They're, they they have better material, they have stronger seams, um, they have, um, they wear really well. I have a men's dressing gown, which I got when I was a teenager, which I still hold on to because it's superior to everything which I've seen in a shop since. It's just uh, <laughs> still going on like a champ. Um and I, I I think the reason why is because they can get away with it. Uh, there there hasn't been sort of the expectation given to men to accept disposable fashion in the same way mm. that it's been built up for women's fashion. And men have not been sort of socially conditioned to... Uh, to put up with wandering around shops for long periods of time. You always see, you know, guys mm. get pretty fed up with it very, very quickly. Um, my partner and I play a game where we watch out for the bored boyfriends mm-hmm. and we just say take a shot every time we see one. One day we're actually going to go out with alcohol and give that a try and see if we can make it home. 
But uh, th this is something which is very, very easy to notice once you transition. And uh, I would hesitate to say that it may be the same for trans men as well. I, I haven't actually asked, but I would suspect so. As, as soon as you transition, suddenly the fabrics are thinner. Everything falls apart a little bit faster. And um, it's the same logic which I think leads to no pockets or mm. fake pockets. It's... Um, it's an yeah. unfortunate byproduct. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. So pockets, pockets definitely. Fashion designers get out there and, and make pockets. That's that's all I, I request. If you could make me a dress that's just entirely pockets, I would wear it like a hundred percent. Like cargo shorts, but a dress. <laughs> oh god, I, that sounds so awful. But I want it at the same time. It really. Does. I I want to see it. And <laughs> it's, it feels like a happens. cursed item of clothing, like something something that the world never needed, that <laughs> nobody asked for. And here it is. From cursed clothing and pockets, we'll uh, we'll move on, I think. All right. Um, what should we discuss next? One of the things that I I personally wish that I'd been told about, or or had an appreciation or understanding for is just sort of how how hormonal it makes you and how your emotions change um, throughout the process um, because that was eye-opening for me. What, what about for you, Maddie? Well, it was actually a little bit different for me and I'm not sure um, if this is one of the many things where your mileage may vary. No two people's transitions are exactly the same. Um, but I didn't get very emotional. I've actually found it quite surprising. Um, when I speak to other trans women, uh, I often find that there is a lot of uh, mood swings. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people cry more than they used to. Sometimes people can be angry when they would normally get angry. Again, it depends per person. Um, but I found that my emotions didn't change a huge amount. Um, and I still don't cry very often. And I've sort of attributed this a little bit to my doses, but I don't think it's that. I think it's just the way I'm built. Which, you know, it's, that's not um, too bad in a way. It's quite nice to... Crying is really nice. I will I will not sit here and, and listen to you badmouth crying. Well... <laughs> said that a good cry is really really worth it and mm. uh, i i have had my moments um but mm. and i do think that it's a bit different than it was before i i do think that i am slightly more emotional than i was previously but not to the degree I, and i do want i do want to do want to point out like often the term uh, emotional is generally considered to have quite negative connotations we definitely do not mean that in in this situation. Um, I am hugely grateful for for the wide spectrum of emotions that I've been opened up to. Um, very early on in my transition, I also had like family stuff going on, which made that experience a bit more involved, I guess. Um, uh, and like, I got to feel through it a lot better and I got to cry about it and that was that was actually really beautiful and and nice. 
Um, but I've I've seen people liken it to antidepressants um, and the the changes that changes that they put your emotions through. Um, so I'm not sure. I, I'm not familiar. This is me sharing what other people have said and told me. Um, but when you go on antidepressants, they sort of close your emotional range down a bit. Um, so your lows can't be as low, your highs can't be as high. Um, so you just sort of mellow in the middle, um, which if people need that, that's wonderful, if that helps them. So yeah, like I've, I've heard people are liking it to coming off antidepressants, at least for um, starting estrogen. Um, start suddenly having your emotional range broken wide open um, and just able to actually feel all of these things that you you never knew you could before um, which was which was really nice and actually one thing that I I felt I lost in my life I cried a lot as a child um, and felt a lot of things and had a very difficult childhood but that's another story um, <laughs> And yeah, when, when I sort of hit first puberty, um, having that disappear sort of felt like I'd lost part of myself. Um, but being getting access to that again was, was quite wonderful and quite nice. Um, and then also starting progesterone when I started that, and then increasing the dosage on that. Both of those times were very, very heavy periods emotionally. <laughs> Um, but that'll do that to you. Um, and yeah, that's sort of all I have to say on that, really, I think, Divine. I feel like there's so much more to say, but I don't have any words for it. Well, I think that was perfectly good. Um, one thing which I would just want to say, actually. Um, so I think it's quite interesting that you mentioned that you were quite emotional as a child. Um, because I was too, um, for the first for the first ten years or so of my life, um, I was quite an emotional child, and I was quite known for crying more than perhaps mm -hmm. was considered reasonable for a young boy. And that also changed when I went into puberty. And when when I started puberty, I found that. The, my main emotional outlet was anger. I was an angry teenager and I just wanted to fight everybody. I didn't know why. And in context, some of that seems quite understandable now. But that, that was sort of how I, I went through a huge amount of my life, right through into my 20s, was just being mad about things, about the world not being just or the way I wanted it. And it's been a huge relief that part of this was growing up, but part of this was also me starting on HRT and living more authentically as myself made a big difference to how I felt about things. So when things negatively affect me now, I still get angry. It's normal and healthy to be angry sometimes. Um, but I'm much more likely to deal with frustration either in its stride or by trying to find ways to deal with things 
or by just having a little emotional heart-to-heart with the people I care about, which is feels a lot healthier yeah, than it did before. Absolutely. Having a, having a chat about problems and having someone to listen um, and help you feel through them, or even just listen while you blurt your what all your brain out onto a keyboard and like just knowing that someone's on the other end reading that that that's quite nice as well just conversations in general just to just to talk them through um helps as well um yeah i think it's certainly something i think as well though where it can be very difficult when you're young um when you're young and trans and it can be very difficult to know where your feelings come from um and for some people like me it might be expressed through anger to other people it might be you know uh depression anxiety um or it's also okay not to have any of those issues it's okay to have a perfectly good healthy uh first puberty and then still be trans you we are not defined by our traumas it's certainly going on hormones can or or not even going on hormones just just changing your life and being out and being yourself can make you cope with emotions a lot better so whilst i think certainly it's quite commonplace for people to get a bit more emotional and maybe a bit more, more teary um it can also make it much easier to deal with uh how you feel about all sorts of things so it, it really is sort of a bit of one and a bit of the other. It's, it's, it's not necessarily a one-way street. So, yeah, I'm, I'm done with that bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I was going to say, I, I'm getting in a bit, bit emotional talking about it. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> I'm getting angry talking about it. <laughs> I'm getting a bit sad talking about it. Oh. No, I'm not. Um, I am getting a bit, it is really hot in here talking about it. Um, no, no, that's fine. That's fine. Let's see what other topics we have to discuss. Um, I wrote this list feeling very confident about my ability to talk in a microphone about so many of these things. So, all right. So I'm, I'm just going to, for the rest of this episode, put a bit of, uh, I guess a content warning, um, we're going to be discussing sexual parts um, from from here on out, I guess, because that's not not particularly sex, but like organs and stuff and changes. Um, so we've discussed nipples already. Um, so I'm just going to say the word penis um, and how that changes. Do you have anything you'd like to share on that? So. Um... Yeah, penises. Um, what a lot of fun those are. There's, uh, there, there is a sort of tendency um, when you go on uh, HRT, depending on exactly the, the nature of what treatment you're receiving and person to person. Um, a lot of people, I think, experience quite a bit of shrinkage um sometimes mm-hmm. it's function um, mm. um i've had again not necessarily a conventional experience with this one um <gasps> a, a, 
a friend of mine once once said that I have, and I'm going to quote here, uh, Chad Goldick. Uh, <laughs> I think that's going to be the name of the episode. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> um, it's it's. Um, <laughs> I, I've um, so I'll just give some full disclosure here. I I have had some shrinkage, and I have had some difference to texture and uh, overall feel, which we can discuss a bit more later. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, um, there hasn't been an interruption of service. It's been um, it's been quite unusual. Services are still on time and running as frequently. Yes. Um, <laughs> And now, I mean, to be honest with you, perhaps not quite so much on the command, um, which is fine. However, one thing which I've I've sort of experienced is that maybe for about the first year of my transition, I was maybe not concerned, but there were a lot of things which just weren't really adding up for me. So like I said before, I didn't really experience much in terms of being emotional. I didn't experience much change in my downstairs, and mm-hmm. my source of fear was that perhaps I wasn't developing in the way I should be, that perhaps my levels were wrong. Um, I have, you know, did during that time check, and I was fine. It's just how I am. Um, and that's fine. I mean, everyone is going to be different on this. Um but as the two years since then have gone by, I have noticed differences. It has changed. Um, but you know, service is still running. And <laughs> I think a big part of that is use. Um, this this isn't a medical view. I may be wrong on this one. Uh, I am not a medical professional of any kind. If you're if you're going into what I think you're going for, I, I have heard lots of people discuss this as well, and it seems to be pretty common. But go on, sorry. Oh, just I think just if that. you if you use it more, then it will work better, and if you don't, it probably won't. Um, mm. You may find that that's not true of you, um, yeah. whoever's listening. <laughs> <laughs> or the trans person that you know, if 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 you're perhaps listening because you want to learn about somebody, but don't want to ask them those awkward questions. No, I will stress. And I, this may not even answer the questions about them anyway. So, like, this is general. Although this 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 is our experience rather than general. But anyway, sorry, go on. I I will stress that I do not ask this question out of other trans people that I know. Um, it's um, it's just a conversation which I've had with a couple of friends, which is very specific to what was going on at the time. So, um, <laughs> fair it, enough. It's, it's fair a, enough. Everyone's personal business. Um, well, in in the in the right in the right conversations, like it it it, it can just can just come up. Um, but with things that I normally see discussed around this, and this sort of speaks true from my experience as well. Um, and actually, first off, one of the things that I was warned about prior to starting 
um, was infertility, um, which was is estimated to happen in like the first three months. That may vary, though. I have heard stories of people still being fertile well after that. And then... I do think it's important to stress that um, there are no sort of hard-set rules on this. So anybody exactly. who does transition and does not intend to have children, do be aware that, um, you know, accidents can still happen. So uh, <laughs> I've, I've heard this happen to people. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. It can, it can still happen. Um, the human, human pe- people, just, just people, people are very, very broad genetically. So, like, mm. what one person experiences within three weeks might not happen to another for fourteen months, two years, or something like that. Um, but other things, um, um, I sort of had thought that I had experience shrinkage um throughout my transition um but then i i have recently learned that it depends on level of arousal um as to whether i can achieve the leg that i used to i guess um which is actually which is actually a bit of a a bother for me because like I'm, i'm i'm not too keen on not really too keen on anybody playing with it to be honest like it's not it's not something that that interests me all that much anymore like that's not the part of sex that i'm that i'm usually there for or interested in um but yeah like obviously on arrival the river now runs clear um rather than uh rather than how it had previously so i presume that i probably am infertile at this point which is, hey, fantastic news. That's wonderful. Um, I, I, I don't sound bitter about that at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about children in another episode, but that's fine. Can I mention one change which happens very frequently and certainly happens with me, uh, mm-hmm. which I never see discussed, but I'm pretty sure it's very common. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... On the underside of the penis, there is a mm-hmm. an area um, called the the penoscrotal wraith. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Uh, yep. Okay. Yeah. It, I've, I've no idea what you're talking about, but let's go on. It's where the skin when when you're developing in your mother's womb is where the skin fuses on the underside if you develop gestationally with. Um, male uh, yes uh, yeah okay yeah i yeah. know where you're talking about now yes and when you transition it becomes darker um at least it certainly has for me and it certainly seems to be quite a common um thing for a lot of people i don't know why i'd be very curious to find out i probably should have just googled it but um, you, you, know, you know what now that you mention it i think i think I think you're right. I think that probably has also happened for me. I don't ever remember having noticed that that area or or that that, that the, the coloration of that area. I'll say mm. um, prior to prior to my transition, um, but yeah, it is it is significantly darker. Which is that's when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, now I want to go look at old nudes and be like, is, 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 is that, 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 we'll do that another time. I can do that after the show. Yeah, don't, don't do it in the show. That's just going to be very distracting. <laughs> um, Hi, li- come listen to me talk about what I look like nude before my transition. That sounds great. That'll, that'll be a whole future episode. Excellent entertainment. <laughs> fun for the whole... No, no, not fun for the whole family. That's... Uh, that's um, Anyway, I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. No. Anyway. Anyway. Um... Sensations also feel very different there as well. Like, um, not only is it, I guess, less hard, is probably the best way I can describe that. Sort of a softer hard. It's still hard. Um, why am I saying that word so many times? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, sensations are very different. Like, it changes how, what stimulation does good things and bad things for you. And, um, Definitely makes 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 levels of arousal different, and and treatment of how it should be treated during sex very different. But I think that sort of stuff that if you're wanting to know more about, you should probably just have a conversation with your partner if you are going to be with the trans woman. One hundred percent. I I will just say that um, essentially, it's it's not going to take quite the beating that it would normally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, did I? No, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, sorry, go on. I have a terrible mind. Um... <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's, it's certainly not going to be... Uh, it's going to... It's going to be a little bit more sensitive uh, in some ways than uh, on a cis man's penis or a you know, pre-transition penis. Mm. Um, and I think that's just something to bear in mind. It's, it is different. It does change your physiology. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, I think just sharing that it is different um, which should be enough to trigger people to, to have those conversations. This show is very pro- have conversations with your partner about sex, about about what they like and don't like. If your partner is a cis man, you should still have conversations with your partner. Absolutely, yeah. All all partners in all, in many sexual encounters should be having chats about what their sex is and what what they like and don't like because that can be very... Very unique and individual to, to, to every person, but I think a lot of our listeners probably already know that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but just thought I'd call it out. Uh, one thing which I, I do think is well worth discussing, um, mm-hmm. which I, I, I do notice is on the show notes here, um, mm-hmm. which is tucking, which I think comes up a great deal uh, in these kinds of conversations. Uh, yeah, I, it's definitely something that's discussed a lot, um, and I definitely do like, do wish that I could magically tuck. Um, I have recently bought some gaffs, which should do a decent job of keeping that area looking flat. Um, but they're not perfect. Um, do you have anything you want to get into on that? Do you have any education? So I 
am probably not a good person to educate it on this one, but I, I certainly yes. can say a couple of things that I've experienced, which mm-hmm. is that I think that without some kind of uh, compression, realistically, it's going to be very difficult to get a perfect uh, smoothness there. Um, that's not to say that that's impossible. Um, I, it certainly is, and I have seen it done. Um, <laughs> but it's on a lot of factors. It depends on you know what you got going on there. It mm-hmm. depends on you know how much effort you're willing to put in. And to be honest with you, it does also depend on what you're doing it for. If you live in a relatively uh, safe area um, and you're just popping to the shops or, or putting the bins out, people are not as observant as you may think they are. Uh, mm. If Obviously, this doesn't apply to everybody. If you're in an environment which is perhaps not quite so safe um, or if you're in an environment where you might be more exposed than normal. Uh, obviously, that's going to be very different. I also understand, obviously, this makes a big difference depending on people's mental well-being. Some people might just prefer to have that feeling. Uh, mm-hmm. But generally, I'm bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I suck at this. I, um, I went out for a picnic with friends last weekend um, and I wore one of my gaffes, um, and it did a pretty good job of like keeping keeping the area looking flat. I was in a, a very nice dress, um, but um, it was a very hot day, um, and I was out for a very long time. Um, and I really, really wish I'd thought about that a bit better before getting dressed that day because it was less comfortable, far less comfortable by the end of the day. Um, so yeah, trying planning out how long you're gonna be gonna be tucked or or gaffed up for. Knowing is uh is definitely recommended as I learnt last weekend. This is just one of the many wonderful things that you only really get from experience, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, pretty much. We are we're learning every day, and that's why this podcast is here. Yeah. So that less people have to learn. Yeah, it's just the conversations which are always helpful to have. Um, mm-hmm. I will say that a, a lot of um, the things which I've learnt about my transition have, um, and the things which helped me along, have really just been talking to other trans women. Um, and there really is no substitute to just having this kind of community discussion, um, whether it's with friends or through a podcast or youtube which is where i got a lot of my information early on um yeah actually like queer facebook groups are amazing like they're difficult to find i remember finding it really hard to come across them um but it's it was through it was through queer facebook groups that i found a bunch of people who were supportive enough that I trusted to come out to in the first place. Actually, it was a it was a bisexual nudes chat on Facebook Messenger where a bunch of us just shared nudes together. Um, and we were that, that that is hands down the sweetest bunch of people I've ever met in my life. Um, and I probably should chat to them more, but I am incredibly <laughs> lazy. Um, and group chats give me anxiety now. Like group chats are crazy. Like 
don't I don't want to be catching up on six months of chat. Oh, no. but but there's definitely definitely communities out there, um, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, if that's your social media of choice. Uh, probably not for this. Um, Instagram, I guess, probably has has quite a community on it. Um, I'm guessing Tumblr was was that once upon a time, or possibly even still is. I don't know. Did you ever use Tumblr? I, I, when I say I used Tumblr, I had one, but I really just used it to, like, share dumb comics and things. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, I don't really know where that's at. Um, I very often have these conversations on Reddit. Oh. Um, also Twitter. Yeah. Um, but mostly, um, I tend to have these conversations offline or or with friends online. Yeah, um, yeah. Like you, you meet people on those platforms to then have private conversations about because you don't want to be airing out stories about your junk on the feed. Depending on where you live and your circumstances, you may find it easier or harder to have uh, trans friends uh, who you can speak to in person. Um, um, or you might find it very easy, and um, but generally it really is helpful to have trans friends that you can speak to because I don't know if this has been your experience, mm-hmm. but certainly mine has been that trans people are very keen to talk about these things with trans people, um, you know, to varying degrees, but. Um, it's a remarkably open community uh, amongst ourselves, in my experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Um, how we're, we're sitting here talking about our bits on a podcast that's going to be listened to by people. So definitely, definitely a, uh, an, open, an open community. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, there's, there's, there's people everywhere. Probably get to know somebody before you dive in and say, like, hey, can you check this out for me? Don't do that. Somebody will listen to this someday and be like, I'm going to DM Penny. Do not, please do not do that. Um, <laughs> um, I think I think that mostly covers the sort of main points. Um, so you've been listening to The Haunt podcast. Um, follow us on Twitter, which is at T H E underscore H O R N T. Um, my Twitter is at Penelope W underscore or Penelope underscore. I have no preferred way of how that's pronounced, but you'll work it out. And uh, my Twitter is PB Astronaut. That's Papa Bravo Astronaut. I never have paid attention to your app, and that's actually fantastic. I like it. It's short for plastic bag astronaut. Oh. Um, I, I found a, a very old comic back when web comics were still a big thing, um, where the, the joke was, um, you know, wearing a plastic bag on your head to be an astronaut, and how that's actually an extremely bad idea. And somehow... It's a name which is available everywhere. <laughs> I can't imagine why. 
Um, <laughs> uh, actually, my old my old handle, which used to be Hackkid, and I still still have it on a bunch of different platforms. Um, there's like a couple of other people who really like that, and actually, there's the game a Hat in Time that lots of people thought I named myself after the character in that. Um, when the, that game came out well after I was using Hackkid. But anyway, that's fine. I, 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 rare, I never use it anymore. Um, but yeah, th- thanks for listening, everyone. Um, that's been episode one. Um, and come back, listen again sometime. And we'll uh, speak to you all soon. Ciao.